You're listening to Stand Out Get Noticed, the show that helps you communicate with confidence so you can stand out from the crowd and get noticed by all the right people. If you want to be a person of influence and achieve success in business and in life, this podcast is for you. To subscribe to the show, go to thecmethod.com. Business relationships are just like any other relationship. They require some effort to maintain, and they must be mutually beneficial. As in any relationship, you must be willing to give, share, and support, not just take or receive. Hi there, Rockstar. Christina Cantor's with you here, communication skills trainer, speaker, and coach at The C Method, podcasting to you from Melbourne, Australia. Welcome to episode 41, and this is the first episode for 2016. So happy new year to you. <laughs> now that quote that I read at the start was from Michael Denisoff, who is a high level business consultant who knows a lot about building businesses. And I shared it because it nicely sums up what this episode is all about. Yes, it's the new year. And as I'm taking the time to review the year that was 2015, I'm doing my usual goal setting and making my sort of resolutions. Uh, I call them sort of resolutions because I'm not really one for New Year's resolutions. I believe you should be able to make a change whenever you want, wherever you want. But I guess the new year is a nice way to say, okay, clean slate. What am I going to do differently this year? And what am I going to do more of? And I'm working on something at the moment that is something I definitely want to do more of this year. And in fact, I want to make it a priority. And it's getting strategic with my connections and getting better at managing my relationships. So that's what this episode is all about, how to better manage your relationships so that you can have success in your business or your career. So why am I doing this? Well, in my business, relationships are absolutely critical to my success. Most of the work that I get is through referrals. That is someone who knows what I do refers a potential client to me. And when I'm out and about at an event or even at one of my own speaking gigs, everyone I speak to is potentially either a client or someone who can refer me to someone who can become a client. So this is how it happens. I introduce myself to someone new and they ask me, what do you do? And I say, well, one example of what I say is, I have a business that trains people in public speaking, communication, and engagement. And they say, oh, I could use your help. Or they'll say, oh, I have a colleague who could really use your help. And then we chat a bit more, and then they give me their business card, and then the event ends, and then I go home, and then that business card goes into a pile, and then I find it two months later thinking, who is that person again? And then realizing I dismissed a potentially awesome opportunity. Now, of course, it doesn't always happen like that, like every single time, but if you're a person who goes to events and you meet cool people frequently, then, I mean, don't tell me that you've never done this. Believe me, I meet people all the time who are like, yes, I have a pile of business cards and I do not know what to do with them. And of course, when I say opportunities, like this doesn't relate just to making sales, it's the people you meet, right, it's all about building a strong network around you to help you to grow your business or your career. People you meet could turn into friends or allies or mentors or evangelists and or clients, right? It's It's not about necessarily making money from them. I'll give you an example. I was once at an event and a guy came up to me and he said, 
"Hey, are you Christina Cantors?" And I was like, "Yeah." He goes, "Oh, I listen to your podcast. I love it." And I was like, "Oh, cool." And he said, "I recognized your voice." Anyway, later on, I was talking to someone else, and that guy comes up and he goes, "Man, you got to listen to her podcast. It's amazing." And I, I didn't even pay him to say that. Now. He may never ever become a client, and he may never ever buy anything off me. But he's someone I definitely want in my network. Yeah. Now, if you're not in business, don't think that this doesn't apply to you, okay? Because it totally does. If you have a strong network outside of your company, you will be presented with valuable opportunities to further your career if you do well to nurture those relationships. I mean, after all, you're not going to be with the same company forever, right? And you never know when your circumstances will change, and you may need to know someone in a different industry, different area, that sort of thing. Anyway, I've spoken a bit about networking on the show before, and how to reach out to people, how to make a good impression, and all that. But I'd like to dedicate this episode to why having a strong network is so valuable. To your business and career success, and how you actually go about organizing your contacts and getting strategic about managing these relationships. Now, I like to learn from the best of the best, and one person who is a true expert at connecting with others is a woman called Judy Robinet, who wrote a best-selling book called How to Be a Power Connector. I read her book about a year ago, and I found it really, really helpful, really interesting. But surprise, surprise, I didn't implement very much from it. So I've revisited it now, and I'd like to share with you five key things that I've learned from Judy's book that really helped me, and and the things that I'm going to implement. Of course, there is so much more in the book apart from these five things, but it's just a little snapshot for you in any case. And Judy, if you're listening, I'd love to have you as a guest on my show. That would be awesome. We could talk more about this stuff. Okay, so I'm going to share you what I learned from her book, and then after that, I'll talk briefly about the tool that I'm using to keep track of all my contacts. Because let's face it, when you add up all your contacts, like from your email, your phone, your Facebook, and your LinkedIn connections, it gets quite overwhelming. So you need a system to organize all that for you, and that's something I've implemented, and I'm going to share that with you today. Okay, you ready to become a power connector? Let's go. Okay, so I'll give you just a little background about Judy Robinet, the author of this book, just so you know who she is. So she's a business thought leader, and she's known as quote the woman with the titanium digital Rolodex. So she's really, really good at connecting with people. She's she's um, she's got more than thirty years of experience as an entrepreneur and a corporate leader, and she's been the CEO of public and private companies. She's been on advisory boards. She's an angel investor. She knows a lot of people. I think I read in her book that she she knows 15 people who know the president of the United States like directly. So she's a very well-connected woman. And connecting people is her specialty, and that's why she wrote this book. Okay, so the first thing that I learned from her book is – Number one, contacts and connections are your most valuable assets. 
People have the deals, the money, the influence, the power to help you get what you want. Robinette actually quoted a study that stated that over 89% of senior executives at companies with over $100 million in annual revenue say that the strength of their personal and professional relationships has a highly significant impact on their ability to deliver business results. So it's important. That's all you need to know. But the thing is, right, most of us don't actually have a plan for what we do with our connections. So, I mean, we all have a plan for, well, I hope you do, have a plan for your money, a plan for your career, your business, plan for, you know, what blog posts you're going to rewrite. You might have a meal plan. You might have a fitness plan and a fitness schedule. But what about a plan for your relationships? You may have noticed how important it is when you go from seeing people all the time by default, so maybe at work, at school, or at your gym, and then if you leave that place, if you want to see those people, you have to make a plan to see them, otherwise it just doesn't happen, right? For example, I have an awesome bunch of friends at my CrossFit gym, and I'd see them, say, three times a week whenever I trained, and that doesn't require any effort at all. But then I took a couple of months off and I basically didn't see them. And if I wanted to see them, I'd have to really plan it and I'd have to make sure I was active in the Facebook group to, to stay in touch and, and call them to hang out, etc. I'd ha- I have to plan to keep up that part of my social life. And it's the same in business. If you meet a group of people or an individual who would like you would like to have part of your network, you need to have a plan to make sure that you keep in touch with them and to strength and to strengthen that relationship. Does that make sense? People think that the words strategic and relationship shouldn't go together, that it's a bit icky, but hey, you're being strategic in your personal relationships, you're just not being aware of it. And being strategic is not just about you getting something from the relationship. It's about both of you benefiting from it, yeah? Okay, so that's the first thing you need to know. Secondly, your network needs to be deep, wide, and robust. And by deep, she means having people in your network who are at different levels to you. So there might be people who have a greater level of influence to you, sort of, you know, higher up than you, and then people who have a lower level of influence to you, and then people who are also on the same level. By wide, she means knowing people from all different industries. So if you're, for example, when I was an architect, I I had a very, very good network within the architecture industry, but then I didn't really know anyone else outside that industry. And when I left architecture, I had to go about forming new networks in different industries. Now I have networks in the architecture industry, in the startup world, in the business world, in the online business world, in the podcasting world. And more recently, I've gotten to know people who are in um, property and finance. So I'm I'm slowly building, well, widening out my, my network. And diversity can also relate to your location. So knowing people in all different locations, right? Uh, people of different ages, people who have different interests, like personal interests, and also people in different, in different professions. So if, as you're thinking about this, you might find that you have a bit of a blind spot so that you, there might be one particular industry or area that you absolutely know nobody in. 
And so maybe, for example, you want to, this doesn't have to just relate to business. So maybe you want to start up photography, but you don't know anyone who's a photographer or in that industry. So what you can do then if you have a, a blind spot is to go to events that are for those sorts of people. Start hanging out with people who are also interested in that, okay? For example, I mentioned before that I I know people in in property and investing. I didn't really know anyone before. I had very few people in that particular industry, so I went to a property seminar. And it wasn't so much about the information that I was learning at the seminar, even though I did learn a lot, but I, I knew that I would meet with other people who were also interested in property. So that was a good way for me to start building my network with people within that industry, which then is going to make it easier for me if I need help with it, you know, to be able to reach out to those people to ask for their advice. Okay. So that's having a deep and wide network and then also robust, a robust network is important because it means it's really strong. It means that the people in there will respond to you, that they know you, they like you, they trust you. There's no point in having a thousand people in your contacts list if none of them really know who you are or they don't think that you are awesome, right? You want everyone on your list to, well, the, well, you top 150 anyway. You want them to think that you're awesome. You want them to respect you and like you and to answer the phone when you call and to write you an email, write you an email back when you reach out to them and to help you when you ask for help. Okay. So that's a good, robust network. Okay. So I mentioned 150 people. That leads me to number three, the third really important thing that I've learned from Robinette's book. And it's the five plus 50 plus 100 rule. Now it can be overwhelming when you think of all the contacts you have and you go, oh my God, how do I keep in touch with all of them? The good news is you don't have to. So research has shown that our brains are only capable of keeping track of up to 150 people. This is like the maximum tribe size. So back in the tribal days, apparently when tribes grew and grew and grew and got to about 150, they'd then split into two because people weren't just physically capable of of managing or mentally managing that amount of people. So what uh, Robinette suggests that you do is to have this 550-100 rule. So she's made it 155, so close enough to 150. And these people form what she calls your power circles or like your inner circle, right? So your top five are your, your top five family and close friends. So picking those should be easy. These are the people who are, who you are closest to. And then the next circle out is the, is the 50. So she calls it the key 50. And these are friends and associates whom you know you can call upon for help and advice and vice versa. And that these are the people that will answer your calls straight away. These are the people who you can count on. And these are people who should be always adding value to your life. You know, they should make your life better. You don't want morons and leeches in your top 50. Okay. So these all have to be really good people. And then the next layer out or the next circle is your vital 100. And Robinette calls these the the people who are important in your life, who add value to you and you add value to them. And they're a bit more than a casual acquaintance. And in this top 100, there should be a variety, people from a variety of locations, professions, life context, you know, you know, like I mentioned before about being diverse, they need to be all, all diverse. 
And these are pe people you should keep in touch with once a month at least, even if it's just a simple tweet, a text, or a phone call. I mean, otherwise you'd be spending five hours a day having coffee with people. Although I'm sure that wouldn't be too bad for some of you if you're uh, super social. But anyway, so how do you actually find your top 150 or 155 contacts? So Robinet says to list all your contacts, like write them all down and then pick people from them and put them into the groups. But I, I sort of, I, I mean, I had a lot. So what I did was I scrolled through my email contacts and I just did a brain dump of all my favorite people into an Excel spreadsheet and I just wrote all their names down. Now I wouldn't recommend doing that now, but I'll share with you later what I'm doing, but that's just what I did at the time. Now, once you've got your top five, top 50, and top 100, so you should have 155 people in total, have a look at them and think about if you're proud and happy to have these people as part of your inner circle. And think about, have you provided value to them recently? Have they provided value to you? Are they the sort of people who want the very best for you? And are they reliable and trustworthy? And, and importantly, do they share your values? Now, if not, you may need to think about adding some new people to your circles who are. After all, you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with, as Jim Rohn once said. Or there's another quote, actually, that goes, you will never outperform your inner circle, which I love. Can't remember who said that. Someone important, I promise. <laughs> okay, so that's the third thing. Create your circles of 5, 50, and 100 people. Okay, so number four, this is something that I really need to get better at and I'm. this can be a, a New Year's sort of resolution for me. There's four time frames for following up, according to Rubinette. So as unnatural as it seems, you need to have a, quote, infallible follow-up schedule for keeping in touch with people because I've done this. Sometimes you can go for months without contacting someone and then the relationship kind of fades and you sort of forget about them and they forget about you. And when you keep in touch with people on a regular basis, here's why it's good. You come to the top of their mind when someone asks them, do you know anyone who does X? So for example, last year, a friend of mine was asked by a friend of hers, do you know anyone who does leadership training? My friend was like, oh, I know Christina does communication training. Not sure about leadership. Maybe she does. I don't know, but give her a call anyway. So my friend's friend got in touch with me and I ended up doing some leadership workshops for her organization, which was really cool, right? I got a job out of it. Now, if I hadn't been in touch with my friend for months and months, she may not have thought of me. Like I may not have come to the, to the top of her mind when asked that question. Does that make sense? Okay. So the four time frames for following up with people are once a day, once a week, once a month and once a quarter. Now, once a day means within 24 hours. So Robinette says to make it a rule to follow up within 24 hours, 95% of the time when it's from someone in your inner circle and when it's an initial touch point from a new person. So for example, someone sends you an email, you've got to get back to them within 24 hours. And this one, I'm afraid to admit it, I am not very good at. Sometimes I get emails and I leave them for a few days and sometimes it'll even get to a week and I'll be like, oh, 
bugger, I really should get back to that person. And according to Robinette, this is not okay. She says you need to respond within 24 hours to demonstrate your reliability. And apparently, slow follow-up is a major reason why people fail to build strong relationships. So, if someone writes to you, get back to them within 24 hours. And if you meet someone new, right, and they give you your card and you want to get in touch with them, make sure that you follow up and, and connect with them within 24 hours of meeting them. Okay, next time frame is once a week. And this is the time frame for when you should check in with your top 50. And once a month is when you should reach out to your top 100. So set aside an hour or so once a week to send out 25 emails to those top 100. And in those emails, you add value. So you share a link to an interesting article or a video you think they'd like, something like that. And then once a quarter is for everyone else in your LinkedIn network or whatever. So you send a group message to let them know what's been going on with you. And then you can ask them what's going on with them too. And I know in LinkedIn, you can do a bulk message for up to 50 people. Just make sure that you don't let all the recipients see each other. There is a thing you can do a BCC thing. Okay, so that's the fourth thing. Now, the fifth and final thing I'll share with you today from Robinette's book is how you know when to add someone to your inner circle. So Robinette says to ask three questions. Ask, where did they come from? Do our values match? And can I provide them with value and vice versa? Those questions again. When you meet someone new, ask yourself, where did they come from? Do our values match? And can I provide them with value and vice versa? Now, in terms of where did they come from, I'm not talking about country. I'm talking about how how did you come to find them? So did you reach out to them? Were they introduced to you by another one of your connections? Or maybe they reached out to you, okay? So if they were introduced to you by a connection, then give them higher priority, right, rather than a random person that you've met. Secondly, do our values match? Now, values are important. I've met people before who I thought, wow, they'd be really good to know, but there was just something about them. I just didn't feel like we really got along. Like I felt like our values just didn't line up. So, and that's enough reason for me to go, yeah, I'm not, I don't really want you in my inner circle, right? So you can tell people's values by a couple of conversations with them. And if you still can't figure it out, then just stalk them online. I'm not sanctioning you peeping in through people's windows. <laughs> and then the final question, can I provide meaningful value to them and can they provide meaning value value to me? Right? You want this to be a mutually beneficial relationship. And I mean, going past all this, I think like you just you just know when someone's a good, a good connection. I'll give you an example. I was once at a event. It was called the uh, business marketplace or something. And I was invited by someone and I went there and it was horrible. It was like your typical people just standing there at their stalls, just trying to sell you their stuff and like throwing out business cards. I just didn't like it. And then I got up and I did a little elevator pitch for myself. They were inviting people to do that. And then after I did that, I had a few people come up to me and have a chat afterwards. And one of them was a guy, he introduced himself. He said, I'm a photographer. I love podcasts. I'm so glad that you podcast. Can I check it out? And we ended up chatting for about an hour and a half or something. 
And he was saying to me, oh, I really don't like these events, but my friend invited me and I felt obliged to come. And I was like, me too. And we ended up having a really good time and we've since stayed in touch. And that guy is Eric, who I know is listening right now. Hello, Eric. And I actually featured him on my episode, interviewed him. And he has become, I would say he's now in my inner circle. And he's introduced me to other people who are also now in my inner circle. And with him, you know, I just felt that we connected and it's happened with other people as well. So, you know, go with your gut. If you feel like you really get along well with someone, they add value to you, you add value to them and you share the same values and, and attitudes and things, then go for it. Add them to your inner circle and make sure that you follow up and keep in touch. Okay, so those are five things that I learned from Judy Robinett's book, How to Be a Power Connector. I'll put a link to the book in the show notes and I'll also add those five things in there. I know it's a lot of info, so I'll just pop it in there if you need a reminder. So you can check out the show notes at thecmethod.com slash CRM. That's slash CRM. Now, why CRM? Because that's the name of the tool I'm using to keep in touch with all my contacts. And that's the final thing that I'll be sharing with you today. So it's all well and good to have all these connections, right? And all these great people to keep in touch with. But if you don't have a system for keeping track of who's in your top 50 or 100 or when was the last time you emailed them, then it's going to be very difficult to keep up. That's why I'm implementing a CRM system, which, which stands for Customer Relationship Management. It's a system that allows you to keep track of all your leads, all your customers and all other important contacts. So having a CRM is a really good way to organize your contacts. You can, once you've put all your contacts in there, you can sort them by industry, location, whether they're a lead, a customer, evangelist, etc. You can write notes about them, for example, where you met, who introduced you, what their interests are. So the next time you meet them, you can remember those small but important bits of information, all good for building strong relationships. And here's the cool part. You can see your email trail for each contact and you can log your phone calls so you can see when was the last time you contacted them and, you know, what you talked about. And then you can set reminders to call them or email them once a month or every three months or whatever frequency you need to stay in touch. Now, if you're thinking of implementing a CRM yourself, there are a bunch of them around. There's uh, different companies include Insightly, Salesforce, Pipe Dream. Some of these are great for big organizations with thousands and thousands of, of contacts and they have super powerful features, but they also get really expensive. I, on the other hand, I found a free one, uh, which I'm excited about. It's by HubSpot and it's called, it's just called HubSpot CRM. And so far it does everything I need it to do. I exported my contacts from Gmail, I imported them into the CRM, and I've added more information to the properties of each contact. And so far it's working for me really, really well, and I've been having a play with it and, you know, looking at all the different ways I can organize my contacts and set reminders, so I'm just geeking out about the whole thing. If you already use a CRM, I would love to hear what your experience has been. Which one do you use? 
What's what's the most useful feature? What do you use it for? And any tips for a new CRM user? I'd love to hear your thoughts. You can reach out to me in a few different ways. You can either leave a comment in the show notes at thecmethod.com slash CRM, or you can email me, I'm cc at thecmethod.com, or just tweet me at CJ Canters. That's me. I like tweets. Yeah, because this is all new to me, I'd love to hear if uh, if you're practiced at this. So, yeah, please reach out and love to have a conversation with you. Phew, so that wraps up episode 41. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope this episode has got you at least thinking about better managing your relationships. We all know it's who you know, not what you know, that gets you places, right? And if there's one thing you do, make a list of your top 50 rock star people who make your life better. That's not too hard, yeah? Remember, it's not about being a sleazy, manipulative networker. It's about building a solid, supportive tribe around you so you can all help make each other more awesome. And just quickly before I go, I'd like to give a little shout out to Lenny, who has just finished my 21-day confidence building course which, by the way, will help you when you're out there adding value to other people. He wrote to me and said that one thing he got out of the out of the course was learning how to make meaningful conversation. And this was valuable to him because he previously wasn't good at making short and meaningful conversation and also never realized the impact it would make to others. So thank you so much, Lenny. If you're listening, keep up the great work and thanks for your feedback. And I'm glad you enjoyed the course. And if you, like Lenny, want to learn how to have more meaningful conversations when you meet someone new, go join the course at freeconfidencecourse.com. And as the website suggests, it doesn't cost you anything. Alrighty, that's all from me. I will see you next week, Rockstar. Keep on being awesome. My name's Christina Cantors, and this has been Stand Out, Get Noticed. That song was Hey Ya by Outcast. Shake it like a Polaroid picture. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>